This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss hello i'm not doing that <laughs> but welcome to the raw review i'm michael i'm from what culture and i'm joined by michael sidrick from what culture yeah, and as you can tell this is slightly different this week uh, adam wilborn is off he's enjoying a well-earned break with his little family of course and he'll be gutted to have missed another gutted edition of monday night raw isn't mm. that right sidge mm. well we'll get into it i suppose oh that's uh, not the start I wanted. I was just assumed to be as hyped as I was for this one. Well, how would you assume that? Well, because they started, Sige, with the graphic flashing up of Cody Rhodes versus Roman Reigns. We're going to get onto that a little bit later on. And it's now got the WrestleMania music, and then the Liberty Bell goes, ding, and it like lets you know that you're Fixed ready Fixed it. So. Yeah, well, WrestleMania's sorted. Hot night of action in store. And we start, indeed, with uh, the Jey Uso New Day Imperium six-man ahead of the Jey Uso Gunther six, uh, Intercontinental title match next week. Uh, Jey Uso gets that mad baby face reaction as he always does uh, and Kofi Kingston and <laughs> Ludwig Kaiser start off uh, against one another it's all the usual sort of like raw back and forth stuff but then it kicks in when Gunther tags in it looks like he's going to go face to face with Jey Uso but he's not interested just yet he kind of mocks him a little bit tags back out to Vinci Vinci gets a cheap shot in on Jey Uso then Gunther tags in and sticks the boots to Jey hits him with a chop we come back from a commercial break uh, Jey Uso's fought out of a chin lock giving Kofi Kingston the hot tag Kofi cleans house for a little bit but then Imperium take over on Kofi for the heat uh, there's a great spot where uh, Gunther's got Kofi in a Boston Crab position so he can just shout in Jay's face. So Jay Uso just walks through the ropes and slaps him, breaks the invisible wall. Everything breaks down between them two. The fans are, like, coming up, really wanting to see those two clash. But they parted ways again. Um, Kofi gets himself out of trouble, tags in Jay for his hot tag, all the yeet offense, the crowd, like, doing all the yeets for all the forearms and all the big punches. Uh, hits Samoan drops on both Kaiser and Vinci, uh, hits Vinci and Kaiser with hip attacks on either side, then hits a super kick on a flying Vinci springboarding in from the ring. That was uh, Young Buck Sammy Guevara-esque. Mm, from, yeah, uh, not really. And, uh, I thought I'd spot that one in for either. Uh, and then finally, with uh, the others dispatched, it's down to Jey Uso and Gunther, one-on-one properly for the first time. Uh, it's a chop battle at first, and then Enziguri appears to stagger Gunther. Uh, a crossbody gets two, but Gunther cuts off the spear, gets his massive like lariat clothesline, but only gets a two. He starts going for his... Good uh, near four. Yeah, goes for the splash, but Jay gets the knees up, so he's not able to hit it. 
Uh, Gunther gets another couple of two counts, uh, and then Jay manages to reverse, get the spear on uh, Gunther for a two count, but it forces uh, Ludwig Kaiser to make the save. Uh, Vinci runs in amidst all the chaos, gets gets hit with a three-man 1D, uh, and the Uso splash finishes uh, Giovanni Vinci. Gunther's in the aisle at this point, doing the surrender cobra with his belt already back round his waist. Um... This astonished me because I, like, I really enjoyed it, but it went 20 minutes and I felt like for that it absolutely flew. I don't know if it was just the movement of the six, but the Jay Gunther story throughout I thought was told particularly well. I'll tell you what, this was a match of two halves. As a match in and of itself, it wasn't blow away great. It was cut to ribbons by like just the commercial breaks on WWE television are just not on. They don't do a good enough job for me. Um, of inserting them effectively. I kept getting like, oh, Christ, into it, and then, uh Yeah. That's the noise. Uh, uh. <laughs> that's the noises I make when I watch a, too, a good, long WWE TV match. Uh, put it away. <laughs> when it all broke down and you got to see it, that 1D was terrible. Mm-hmm. Like, Jay Uso was kind of like, scrambling to complete his part, didn't quite get it, so you didn't get that sort of overwhelming rush of adrenaline because it didn't go bang, 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 great execution, great execution. It broke down in a way that I would describe as sloppy, so that wasn't ideal. I will say, however, that they did an expert job of the primary goal of the match, Mm -hmm. which was to tease and build and get you excited about Jey Uso versus Gunther, we kind of know where the finish is going. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Uso is going to know what he's going to do. What a terrible idea, by the way, it was to have the SmackDown guys in Raw matches here. Because yeah. the idea is, like, I know it was agreed upon or whatever by the GMs, mm-hmm. but the idea is you really want to have those worlds as separate as they could possibly be. So it'll feel like yeah. a transgression. In the event, I might be doing... Be doing be, being too cynical. Jump down my throat when I do this, by it's the way. Right, it's okay. I do it to use all the time. <laughs> I would have had minimal crossover ahead of the Jimmy Uso transgression, yeah. which I expect to be the finish. But regardless, they as cynical as I am about the finish, the actual action in Jay Uso versus Gunther, I'm really anticipating on the back of their interactions here. Yeah, it looked like they had pretty good physical chemistry for the yeah. near falls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gunther's whole deal. Some where, good near falls. Yeah, like he's got that deal now where like everything he does is a finisher. But what that means is you can get some really close two counts. And you know. I will say that my big bugbear in wrestling right now is excess and discipline. Mm. And I feel like we go through this macro debate every single week. It feels like I won't dwell on it too much. But the idea being that we've seen everything, we're now post everything. The answer is to strip everything back, make everything a bit more pure, right? And I think Gunther ordinarily is fantastic at reserving that big splash or even the attempt when he's facing his fiercest, fiercest challenge. Yeah. And I guess he could build, you know, he's literally called main event Jey Uso. Maybe now is one of the occasions to do that big splash or attempt it. But he has potentially been doing that one too much. I love the idea of Gunther taking to the skies means I immediately automatically respect the wrestler more yeah for the times he has to like do that it's like breaking the sacred code and all mm. the rest of it maybe he's gone to that well once too often but otherwise yeah no, i'm hyped i am genuinely excited for their match next week it was i think they 
uh, to your point, I think they gave away like quite a nice spot in this match because obviously it's Jay's finisher as well, isn't it? The big splash. And when Gunther goes up and he does the little thing before Gunther. he attempts, Gunther, before <laughs> he attempts like, his own one, I thought that would have been great. Like he's, I'm not going to do my splash. I'm going to do the Uso splash. Yeah. I'm a better you than you. Uh, your point about the Elimination Chamber creating crossover, I completely agree with because they've currently got Braun Breaker in a bidding war as well. Aye. And it's like, where's he going to go? Well, evidently, wherever the hell he wants. Have they not, like, not left themselves enough time? Is that a byproduct of the whole, it was meant to be Punk versus Seth? So much spins off the WrestleMania yeah, plans yeah, yeah. changing, doesn't it? This Absolutely. Included. They're like, on that, because we wouldn't get a chance to talk about SmackDown otherwise, and they're going to, f- it's figuring uh, out. We talk moment. about it in the office all the time. This is it. Uh, figuring into some of the matches on this card, and indeed on SmackDown last week. What did you make of WWE having rankings but not rankings and saying, well, these are our 12 best wrestlers? Uh, If it was a couple of years ago and I was still in the more of discourse and still actually cared about, well, actually, (laughs) actually, you'll find WWE does the same things. If I was in that frame of mind still, I might point out with a um, degree of cathartic cynicism, Mm -hmm. I guess, that it's literally just matches to build the match. Yeah. And what's the story? The story is the wrestlers wrestle in order to vie for championships. Yeah. It's a good thing, isn't it? Like they've just sort of I like it in AEW, so I like it in WWE <laughs> as well. <laughs> they just said, no, these are probably the 12 best we've got, and we'll put them in matches yeah, to yeah. determine number one contenders. Uh, it's mad how it uh, works. <laughs> <laughs> well, somebody that uh, couldn't get in that bracket of 12. Uh, in AW or WWE for that matter is Andrade <laughs> uh, he, uh, but he loves wrestling all the same and you know we sort of reminded of his history and his successes to a point in NXT and with the mid-card titles in WWE he, uh, he left Sidge don't know if you remember this he left in uh, 2021 um, not to go elsewhere and not do any jobs but to remember just who the hell he was and he's remembered which is lucky for him and uh, now he's back and I guess he's going to kick ass in the fair I, uh, I'm not Terribly moved on this Andrade return so far, if I'm honest. No, it's not doing a great deal for me. This early, vin- early doors. Yeah, I'll let it play out. Uh, this vignette didn't do a great deal for me. It was weird, like, because WWE elsewhere, and again, low bar, has embraced continuity to a degree outside of its own canon, and that's how you build the character of Drew McIntyre. That's how you establish Cody Rhodes as your ace of the promotion. To do the usual WWE trick of, I assume Andrade just spent three years at home. Yeah. <laughs> it just it didn't ring true. There was a lack of credibility here. And again, they're not really acknowledging what actually happened is that he was completely normalized. He became a, just a guy. He actively wanted to leave because his star power was on the wane. They're instead doing this usual intelligence insulting WWE trick of I remember me when I was goaded and won loads of championships well more on that please really you kind of had a main had a complete bust of a run on that main roster and you won that United States title when at the time in WWE broadly has done a very very good job of um, you know building those mid-card titles back up him going on about you know I won the US title so what who didn't at yeah. that time. So I don't think this is very good. I think it was one too many lies. Too many lies <laughs> for me to buy this one. I agree. I like it's they're gonna eventually go back to the when sort of he's had two or three months and it like the the novelty if there even is a novelty is worn off. They'll also lean on the Drew McIntyre thing. Like, like now I'm back. It's because I needed to be away because I need to learn how to be a better WWE superstar. Yes. For all these great WWE fans. They hit him in the rumble. 
I'm not so sure how much faith they've got in him just yet. I think like it's kind like, of, it must be like awkward not to sign him. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Got like so like, you know when someone invites themselves on a night out or like hears about it. Yeah, and it's like oh god, I have to invite Bob now. I don't really want to. Uh, he sometimes makes it awkward. Sometimes makes it all about him. But he's caught. Bob, Bob has caught wind of the socialising. Uh, it, it's kind of sh- uh, shocking. Unfair. Yeah. Use the word Shan in the northeast of England. I'll be Shan not to invite Bob now. <laughs> if you're Triple H, it's kind of Shan not to invite Andrari now. He's made so many overtures. You've got like, that. He uh, wants to come back. It's like, ah, uh, well, come on, Bob, come on. Charlotte Flair's uh, rehab it. And she says, like, oh, I'll, uh, I'll come to the Rumble. I'll watch from a skybox if that's all right. And she's like, yeah, it'd be brilliant to get yourself along. She's like, oh, I'll bring Andrade. I'll tell him to bring his gear. That's what wrestlers do, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, go on then. Okay, fine. Bye, bye. I might as well use him. Like some poor mid-carder. Yeah, yeah. In a shooting of years later, give him a spot to Andrade. Uh, Bobby Lashley and Bronson Reed. Uh, Fun. I thought this kicked ass. Um, Fun. There wasn't too much, uh, like... There wasn't too much thought put into this. They're big Didn't guys. Need to be. No, they're big guys that do like their normal moves on people their size, and it looks super impressive. I think the best example of that in this, this was like to sort of break it down. This was just a back and forth raw match, but because they're both massive, when they do, for example, Bobby Lashley hitting that snap suplex, or Bronson Reed going for that like run in Death Valley Drive thing, just it's awesome. Uh, it's spectacle. This like you could hear Gorilla Monsoon in the back of your mind saying they need to reinforce the ring for this one because it was just all big bombastic meaty man stuff. And it ended ultimately, and I didn't think about this at the time until after, but it ends with, um, to this point, Reed going up for the tsunami, and then the, kind of like the spot that Ric Flair made famous, where he would always run at the top and get thrown off. Bobby Lashley, that's a Bronson Reed. If that was in the video game, it'd be the ring collapsing spot, wouldn't it? Like, yeah. you're just seeing him fly through the air, he gets hit with the spear, Bobby Lashley advances. Um, so he gets the win, and ordinarily, we would um, just say, oh, that's kind of Bronson Reed's spot, that's his role in all of this. A little bit sad for him because then it occurred to me that Elimination Chambers in Australia. Yes, and I think he tweeted was the effect of how he feels like he's let everybody down. Sorry. Do you think that is like that tweet or that choice to not give Bronson Reed this match is an actual development for that character? Because he has kind of has now he's got now he's a big raw guy, but he always loses. Yeah, um, like he's Mantar in a post New Generation age, where like oh they make the big guy lose. Why should I care that he's yeah, a big yeah. guy? Is him like? I'm not trying to say, like, this is Painmaker finding love, but is he kind of, like, having to hit a, a bit of a rock bottom and they're going to, like, tap into, like, an emotional cock? Because they've never done it with him. I mean, they tried that with Vader in 1998, and look how that worked out. You yeah. kind of feel sympathy for a monster. Yeah. I mean, it just does not work at all. It's uh, completely oxymoronic. Um, uh, the match itself, one-dimensional, but a good one-dimensional. Mm. The only match they could have had done really quite well. Um, I'll tell you, though, the idea that... Bobby Lashley is always kind of on that protect list. Yeah. And the dynamic of Bobby Lashley, who's on that list, versus guy wrestling match to get into bigger match in his country, had this sort of, like, real drama to it. Mm. Um, so it worked in and of itself um, on that basis. Um, so I was kept guessing throughout. I was enjoying it. I mean, it is one of those where, irrespective of the promotion and the initials, this is surely the match that just everyone likes. Yeah. It's objective as success as you can get right now. for a television match. Yeah, it right does still wave, feel yeah. does still feel like on trend, uh, on trend and timeless all at once. Mm-hmm. Like if you didn't get into this by watching big lads pile into each other, yeah. I almost feel sorry for you. It's the furthest away from real life that wrestling gets, and that's yeah. what wrestling should aspire to do. Bobby Lashley, like, they're still probably not doing anywhere near enough with him. 
He's always so over. Yeah. Like it's, they should be doing more with him in general. Him going into the chamber uh, is giving Last Street Kids and Mega Glove at WrestleMania. Oof. Oh, dear. B-Fab has like shown an association with Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits, so there's your Scarlet cut off to even do a four-on-four if you want. Yeah. That's, uh, that's kick-off stuff, brother. Yeah, that is not so good, Al. Um, one more thing I wanted to say. Yet, broadly, didn't it feel like every elimination chamber... Some what's what I'm calling this qualifier. Qualifier, yeah. that's the word. Didn't it feel like all of the matches on the show had the exact same finish? Wrestler goes to do their finish, mm-hmm. is foiled. Winning wrestler does their finish wins. I didn't notice it at the time, but now you mention it, yeah. I feel like much, some. It's like a very phoned in agenting. Yeah, like the obscured banana peel over and over again. But because it's with finishes, it sort of counts. Yeah, like the matchmaking to your point about not knowing who was going to win. That I would say that's been. Again, we're kind of maybe this is a favourable comparison to just copying AEW's homework here. You had that on SmackDown with Sami Zayn and Randy Orton, and I think you had it later on on the show elsewhere with another qualifier. It's, there is no, like, all of these matches have had winners and losers. And again, it's that, like, important philosophical shift that I think is still occurring within WWE. Just beat people. Yeah. Just beat people, and it doesn't matter. Sami Zayn lost to Randy Orton on Friday, and then he was here again. Uh, they played a, a quick recap of him getting beaten up last week. Um, or saving Cody from a beatdown from Shinsuke Nakamura and Drew McIntyre. But then we cut back to him yet again in the empty arena with Jackie Redmond. She's saying, look, we sat here this time last week, and you, it was all guns blazing. You were going to fight your way to a title match at WrestleMania, and then at the first opportunity, you lose to Randy Orton, and now you're completely out of the race all over again. Um, Sammy admits that he felt quite embarrassed by that, and it can be embarrassing falling short, especially when you call your shot, but he's overtaken by an unwavering belief in himself. Uh, that belief has carried him to WrestleMania in the past, and he promises to be a champion again. He didn't obviously specify that at WrestleMania, but he was speaking in big terms about WrestleMania and winning belts and things like that. Uh, he gets interrupted by Nakamura on the Titantron. So a look this, Sige, because Nakamura must have known... He's, he's, like, he's, got, he's got powers. Well, he does, right? Because Remember Sam- his li- live pre-tape? That kind of happened here. Yeah. Sammy was opening his heart to Jackie Redman. And it just so happened that Nakamura had some pre-arranged subtitles and backing track for addressing directly what Sammy had just said. This was uh, giving... Pretty, pretty wise. This was given pandemic, this, wasn't it? A little bit, a little bit. Uh, absolutely farcical, contrived set of circumstances, this was. Aye, the, you had the ominous music playing uh, as the subtitles, perfectly prepared subtitles came up. Like live subtitling, fair pay. That's like when you see it on the news, when the subtitles are... That like, can't be done. They're like, they're just trying to catch up with the presenter. Hey, who might be snarky about this? They were in, I don't Can't know how they done. were doing it. They were in front of Nakamura, so fair play to them. Uh, so rubbish, man. Wrestling sucks. Speaking every, I watch one, I watch every WWE and AEW show, right? I have done for years. There is not a show, not a single show goes by uh-huh. where I don't think, oh God, wrestling's crap, isn't it? Wrestling's so fake and stupid. I've dedicated my life to this. Counter offer, main event set up tonight by Nakamura saying, I will pick up your soul and continue my warpath forward. Oh, you never said that to somebody when you're ready to fight? I've never had a fight, so I can't speak to that. Um, I will say that I experienced just, yeah, yeah existential crisis. That's not, that's not showing up on the videos that you get in the four years. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. I will pick up your soul as I continue my warpath. Swings from him in a pub. Continue his warpath. Loses warpath? all of the time. <laughs> Right, so I'm getting my intelligence insulted on every single level. And I experienced whiplash here. You 
got an arm's length, arm's length for this promotion because I was really into the Sammy promo. Like, yeah. he's so good. He's just one of the good ones. Um, Something's happening, isn't it? Something's I, happening. I can't work out what yet. I've mm. started to wonder. Triple threat. Well, a triple threat or mentioning of winning a championship. Could, after Jimmy Uso interferes, Gunther brutalise Jay and Sammy makes the save and then he's Sammy Gunther for the IC at Mania? Maybe. Because he ain't looking like Chad Gable. Sorry, everyone. Sorry, Ibu. Especially Ibu of WrestlePurist. I want it as much as you, but I look uh, great. Um, I just whipped last year because I was really into it. Like, because Sammy's just the best. His promo style is so believable. Had this bombast about him in an empty arena somehow. And then you had this, like, live pre-tape again. And it's just nonsense. Yeah, they're worlds apart, those two. And it's like, in terms uh, of their purpose and everything like that. Live pre-tape, the fact that he's an absolute loser. <laughs> um, he is a loser. Yeah, he is. Shinsuke. Do you know who isn't? A fake loser. Do you know who isn't? Any Morsage. It's Cody Rhodes. He's back. Everything is fine. And uh, so Lexington, Kentucky. What do you want to talk about? <laughs> he wants to talk about... He's going to do the... Will Bourne is like head swivel now, doesn't he? Do no. He adds all sorts. He'd probably put like a cowboy yeah, yeah, into yeah. it at some point. Uh, Cody wants to talk about how uh, in the main event of WrestleMania 40, he's going to be challenging Undisputed uh, Champion against Roman Reigns. Took him a while to even be able to say that. And the only reason he can say that is because of all the fans. Uh, they made their voices heard. There was a full week trending worldwide, posting about it, screaming about it, spreading the word, and the word was, and the we want Cody chants pipe up. He says, thank you. He says, he doesn't know how he could ever repay them other than uh, one way. Uh, he gets a bit emotional. Does the sort of Cody, like, fights away the tears. Says he gets it. He's a passionate guy. He's a passionate guy, he said. He's passionate about this place. He's passionate about his legacy within WWE. Says his astrological sign is cancer, so he's often wearing his heart on his sleeve. But he doesn't want to get emotional because then he might be called a crybaby. That gets a big response. A Rocky Sucks chant starts to filter through. Uh, while a lot of you were saying we want Cody there was one man out there who 100% did not want to hear it and that same man just happens to be the most famous man alive a potential presidential nominee the original people's champion and the same man who coined the phrase Cody's crybabies Uh, Rhodes gets everybody to look up at the Titantron where they show the clip of like the rock basically beginning what we would then see play out as a heel turn when he coins Cody's crybabies with uh, Pat McAfee and he talks about Check this out, Sage. You know, chicken nuggets. You get them. Box 20. Treat yourself. Eat them, right? Uh-uh. Shoving them up his ass. Because uh, that's funny, right? That's, uh, I'm, not, I'm, not the, uh, I'm not the comedy writer. That's Brian, that's Brian Gewertz. I haven't got seven books in my pocket. That's what I know. <laughs> uh, he turns to Pat McAfee. He's like, what was he saying again? Shoving up the ass. Sorry, Cody. Sorry, I'm really sorry. Uh, and... Cody gets, I love this little this little micro DK that Rock can fire back with on Friday. He says, now listen, I know her promos are very different from the last time that he was here. Uh, and very few people can even fathom matching the Rock on the microphone. Great flex, because he knows he's doing it as he speaks. Uh, but I do have to ask, what are we supposed to do with the Nuggets? Uh, he lets that sort of pass. He says, ah, come on, I'm a, I'm a fan of the Rock. We're all a fan of the Rock. Uh, I think all of us at our time, at some time in our life, have been a fan of the Rock. But the one thing the Rock does not do well is listen. At the, I love this line. At the press conference, I said nothing to defile his ancestors. He wouldn't dream of going I, for the blood. I think of. one of the reasons why I love Cody Rhodes so much is that the man has swallowed a thesaurus. <laughs> and so did I at a he's young got, age. He's got it in him. Uh, and yet he chose to slap me in the face. And Candor as well he used to. Yeah. <sighs> slap me in the face in public. Uh, I recognize the look in the rocks. Can I just say it was a terrible slap? Do you think? Really, really bad. Really, really bad. 
I think I was too hyped to properly focus. And I mean, you're a Miz guy, so you obviously you don't go for like you know, need, yeah, you don't need believable action in your uh, emulated sport. That's right. Well, I'm not looking for strong style, but uh, for Miz style, <laughs> I'll take Miz style. Um, yeah, he said sometimes. Uh, he said I recognise the look in the Rock's eyes. It was no longer the people's energy; it was malevolence. The Rock and Roman Reigns together—that's the perfect storm. But please make no mistake about it, Rock. You put your hands on me, you slap me across the face, and what that means is I am going to hit you back. Uh, he's interrupted by. Can I talk about Cody's part in this? Yeah. Before we talk about the Seth thing. Yes. Okay. In fact, when can I talk about the press conference? Because I wasn't. Well, in. tell it. Yeah. Like, we're on Cody, we're about to get to Seth, and yeah, you're off on Friday, so we haven't had a proper chance to catch up yet. I guess your thoughts on where the press conference started, how it got to, and now where we're at. Let's talk the press conference before this Raw segment, okay? Let's do that. (laughs) I thought it was, it says something about my relationship with WWE television that this was automatically better. I saw your tweet about how this is awesome because it's like Raw, but without a three-star 12-minute mid-card match threatening to break out. Uh I agreed with that wholeheartedly. I think that it was a really effective, like truly effective bit of business that the qualms I had with were ultimately trivial, didn't matter. It felt like it lacked the true... This is real, as opposed to the TV, where we are a bit performative and all the rest of it. They literally had a Titantron. It wasn't a gag on there, yeah, but they had the Titantron thing. The Rocks promo in particular had that, I know you're going to say what, so I'm going to space out my lines rhythm. Snap straight in the yeah. you know, wrestler brain, kicked that in for the WWE out. brain of line, what, line, what, line, what, line, what. <laughs> and the slap... Uh-huh. It was so, it just felt so staged. Like you did not, I mean, I doubt with someone like The Rock there that you're going to get that energy of, holy, this is broken down and it's gone awry. Mm-hmm. Leather him in the face. Leather yeah. him in the face. Have hordes of security holding back Cody who loses it. Absolutely loses it. It was like Triple H going, oh, Sorry, I think we need the guy with the biggest cock to sort this one out. The game. The game Triple H. I would have had it like security detail, like filtering out the more tense it got. Mm -hmm. I would have no sold the idea that these morons were chanting what, these obnoxious people chanting what. Just talk over them. Do not get into the rhythm of TV. This is meant to be different to TV. This is completely distinct from TV, but that TV vibe crept into it. Mm. In terms of the way it was plotted, nonsensical. <laughs> I did re- I did really like this, yeah, and I thought it was really effective, but I did have problems with the whole thing. Now, going down the line now, if people went, oh, my God, yay, The Rock versus Roman Reigns, and it was like, ah, oh, we love Cody, but The Rock's here. Yeah. No chance this happens. No, and then you've not. And then you've got Cody versus... Uh, you got Punk versus Rollins. So what really happens? I don't think we'll ever get to the end of that, mm. but I do think a pivot was made. I got worked, bro, and I genuinely think that's one of the reasons why I enjoyed this so much. We spoke in these seats pretty much this time last week mm-hmm. um, about Roman seemingly, for no reason, burying Seth and his title. Oh, yeah, great pop. Into the center of the earth, the core of the earth. Turns out, 
There was a really good reason why he said that, which I thought was incredibly politically shark-like at the time, and yet, no, they've sort of made it mean something in retrospect. They've done a fantastic job of booming me. They boomed me. I'm more than happy to be worked. I was like, oh, that's a great bit of thought. That is a great bit of detail. It was certainly better than when he called out Seth's shoes. It was like he was running short on patter on the stage, wasn't he? Yeah. You come in your wife's shoes. I think that wears pretty cool clothes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I do think it was uneven, and you'll never tie everything together in a neat bow. Well, like the idea of Cody just giving away the title shot, it feels very contrived. It feels like a pivot, but my God, it feels big. And as I said on X at the time, follow me at M Sidgwick. This was nowhere near as clever as it thought it was, but it was that a bit of ambition about it, that a bit of a unusual approach to it. Yeah. Very different to a traditional WrestleMania build. And I will take a flawed new idea over Triple H's tick box creative. And using the preeminent example, I will get to Cody's uh, promo on Raw imminently. Like, the Cody Brock program. Face squeaks by in match where it didn't feel like he was the winner. Heel gets revenge by cheating in second match. Face wins clean in the third that is WWE Trilogy Booking 101, yeah. and it's very much how Triple H goes about things. And after 20 years of it, I'm like, where's the spark? Where's the thought? Where's the sense of shaking things up and doing something a little bit different? Where's the bold quality that I want in my pro wrestling? I got an albeit very flawed version of it mm. at the press conference, and I'm Willborn. Our uh, erstwhile host, he's not erstwhile, he's just on holiday, <laughs> uh, loves him some rock, yep. and he loves him some Roman, and he loves some being very standing up for WWE in my face. Mm-hmm. Ordinarily, I'll say this to his face, Ugh, go away, Willborn. I very much wanted to be in the office with him on Friday. What was, was he unbearable? He was just... I was, was, he, it. was he cock-a-hoop? Oh, yeah. He was just hyped out the ass. But like his two favorites, like, together. But I knew that. The two-man power trip, except good and a commercial success. Because he was DMing me at one in the morning because we were both watching live and then unable to go to sleep because it was too exciting. Jesus Christ, like, I wish I hadn't asked. And it was obviously just carried over. Uh, it's actually, it's on a news video, which you can still check on our YouTube channel because basically Friday's news is just consumed by this massive boot off and all the permutations and the like. So you'll get some hype world on there if you want to catch it. Okay. What I'll say about that, um, the point about Roman especially, I think he had to, ultimately, like in advance, I guess, he had to remind everybody of his spot because he now faces his own unique challenge of not being overshadowed by The Rock. Now that they're on the same side, it was quite strange how all of a sudden Roman went back looking half his size, and it all went very 2015. Yeah. I think they'll overcome that. I think that was was one night, and they've done the work with Roman, and that's not an issue. As relates to Cody, and this sort of ties us back to the Raw promo, what they haven't done yet, maybe they just won't, and you can can drop stuff. I don't like it, and I think they should get around it. I think the feeling on the night in Las Vegas was, uh, like, injected with electricity when when Cody came out last, because... That was the moment that everybody collectively, if you've watched enough wrestling, knew Cody's getting the shot back. Yeah. They haven't ordered this in such a way yeah. for Cody not to get the shot back. And for me personally, I could relax into it. 
I was like, I don't know what they're doing here, and I'm pretty excited by it, but I know fundamentally Cody's going to say to Roman, I choose you, and it's going to be yeah. that match. And that was what it was all about all along. That was where the, if you really invested in WWE, I think that's where everything fell apart last week because the rock coming out just felt like it was very old-fashioned. WWE, we'll just do what we like. And I, this was what you'd hated from Wilborn. This is where he'd have got you. Right? The thing I've always said, Sage, is that WWE's a listening company, right? And But this is the case where there's been the first time probably in this Triple H creative regime where a crowd has asked a pretty massive question of the booking and they have pivoted and they have listened and it's with nowhere near the stubbornness of Daniel Bryan in 2014. Like, nowhere near. And I think all of that was refreshing as this, like, very show-busy, very WWE chaos was playing out on stage. I think those two things came together quite nicely. But Cody, including on Raw here, not addressing why he said... But not at WrestleMania. That's why it's not as clever as it thinks Huge it is. Huge pothole that yeah. hasn't yet been filled. And I don't think they will. Before we get to the Seth thing, which is basically the meat of this, I want to put over Cody Rhodes because he's brilliant at this, using a really weird um, analogy, so bear with me. X is a complete swamp that is pretty horrendous to scroll through 99.9% of the time. 0.1% of the time, you get a tweet or tweets so good that you're like, well, I, I can't stay away. Yeah. It's like the worst serotonin ever. <laughs> One of those tweets is like, Drill does it, and there's others that do it, um, where they just completely poke fun at the idea of masculinity and badasses, and they just make a complete mockery of it. And I think it's a Drill tweet where he says, I rev up my motorcycle, drive up clouds of smoke. When they evaporate, I'm just dead. <laughs> so the idea, I love that stuff like that. Cody Rhodes, in his just complete and utter, huh? at the chicken nuggets line, yeah. could not have done more with great comedic timing mm-hmm. to just highlight what a relic The Rock yeah. and his act is. Grow up. I grew, grew up, up to what, am I, what am I doing with these chicken nuggets? Yeah. Like, what am I doing with them? I thought Cody did an excellent job, not just of undermining The Rock's absolutely ancient prehistoric shtick, but of telling you, yeah, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to, like, be a good baby face yeah. who can be self-deprecating at times and not be this parody of a bloke. This is very much a, it's 2024. What are we doing here? It's that, like, I keep thinking, like, last week especially, it was easy to uh, slot Cody into that role. Like, why are they doing this of all people to Cody Rhodes? Because he's not a Daniel Bryan, he's a John Cena, he's a Hulk Hogan. He's better than those. Because in, obviously, very different generations, they would have, they would have like, just laughed along with the chicken over it. Good one. You know, the only time, like, people still post that clip of, like, here's Cena, Ether, and The Rock from the, their, like, WrestleMania program. It's very much the only time Cena gets serious in the story. 
One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com/acast and use code acast for 20% off your first purchase. Says, yeah, 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 go, go pat her. I'll, I'll show up my ass, but like, hey, I'm going to beat you at WrestleMania. And like, that's, oh, great. Nice one, John. Like, I'll watch the other 11 months of the year when you do what The Rock's saying to you right now, but you do it to other people. He had a, he had so a hypocritical. cheek during that mania build. Some of his tweets as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. so funny. He accused The Rock of uh, homophobic language in his promos. Are John right? Cena. John Cena. John Cena did that. Yeah. Uh, anyway, there's no John Cena here. Cody Rhodes. Thank Christ. It's Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins. I'm going to take a gamble on this button. That's what plays in Lexington, Kentucky as he comes out. And everyone sings the song. Sings that along with him, yeah. Uh, And he he says he was looking forward to defending his world title against uh, Cody at WrestleMania, but he understands the decision. He understands why he picked Roman Reigns. He understands why he needs that title. He's got to finish the story. And there are millions of people around the world that want you to finish the story. We could all see that. And now the decision is made. Let me make this clear to you. You need to finish the story. You need to do it for you. You need to do it for me, for your dad, for everybody here. And I'll tell you why. If you don't beat Roman Reigns at WrestleMania and take the championship from him, the landscape on the other of WrestleMania is very, very dark. Uh, Roman Reigns gets more power. He gets more leverage. He shows up less. He defends... Leverage? Leverage. Leverage. (laughs) I've reminded myself of Becky Lynch later on saying, Jim Class. You don't need to say that. No, no, it's P.E. and you know it. P.E. P.E. and you know it. Uh, (laughs) Fear's head. The... uh, (laughs) <laughs> the glass cilantro. The Parmesan. Yeah, the glass ceiling, Sige, it gets thicker. The brass rings, Sige, they get further and further. I remember, oh, he's a Swiss gentleman. Yeah. That's why I can't have a brass ring. Yes. Swiss people have brass rings. Uh, they get further away, and it's probably the last real chance that any one of us has a chance to take the title, give the power of that title back to the people. You might be the, <laughs> you might be the man for the job, Cody. What's your plan? In that very Seth Rollins way. Uh, because last year he got screwed in the main event of WrestleMania. The Usos were there. Paul Heyman was there. Solo was there. And with Roman Reigns, you couldn't get the job done. But you fought your way back. You won the Rumble again. The deck stacks against you just the same. But it's been raised even higher. Because you're not just dealing with them. You're dealing with the biggest star and most influential man in the entire entertainment industry. You've got to deal with The Rock. By mentioning the name of The Rock, it's quite smart from Seth. You got the huge Rocky Sucks chant. That was like the break he needed to be able to say, Lexington, I agree with you, which is why I came out here to tell you that you don't have to fight this battle alone. Uh, you and I haven't always seen eye to eye, but last week you told Roman Reigns, you don't just want to take his title from him, you want to take everything from him. There's a line. He doesn't add, but not at WrestleMania, because this would make sense otherwise. 
Uh, when you said that, I felt that. And this is why at the press conference, when The Rock put his hands on you, I stepped up because I'm sick and tired of people like The Rock or people like Roman Reigns, these arrogant, entitled pricks who think they can do whatever they want to throw their weight around, make any decision with no consequence. I'm sick of ty- sick and tired of them always getting away with it. I've got to admit something to you right now, Cody. The man Roman Reigns is, is partly my fault. Nearly 12 years ago, we came down those stairs with tactical vests on. We were brothers forged from the same fire. I taught him everything I know. I'm partly responsible for the man he is, but I could have never imagined the monster he's become. And now that monster's got two heads because he's standing side by side with the only man on the planet who is entitled and as selfish as he is. When it comes to fighting the bloodline, when it comes to fighting the rock, and when it comes to fighting Roman Reigns, there is only one man on earth, you're going to have to help me on this one, Sitch, who is uniquely placed to be your shield. Help us out there. Because Seth Rollins was in the shield. I was thinking maybe Cody was going to do that. Like, superhero thing. No, no, no. no Seth, just gonna stand Seth famously uh, <laughs> debuted as part of a faction stable called The Shield. We're being facetious here, being snarky. <laughs> this is genuinely really, really strong. I did think kind of looped and talked about the same thing a little bit. Yeah. Um, he had his big lines to get to, and he would, like, take that run-up if he'd... Oh, I forgot that line. I'll do the run-up again and do that line again. But they were good big lines good, to hit, weren't they? Good yeah. sound bites, uh, well-written, probably overwritten, but, I mean, I would be a complete dickhead to complain about that if you read my <laughs> articles. Um, but, no, genuinely, this is really, really strong stuff, and I think the best way of highlighting how strong it is is that if you were to be told, right, ah. So two weeks ago, we sat in these chairs and Seth tried to petition Cody to come yeah. after my title. If you'd said two weeks ago that they were in two weeks' time, you will have a promo battle between Cody and Seth, and yeah, they're on the same page. You'd think, oh my God, they've completely bollocks this up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The idea of two weeks later, them coming together for the same cause and on the same page, but for like a really great seemingly out-of-left-field reason. I think they've done a fantastic, flawed, illogical, but fantastic job of building these matches and the continuity as well between WrestleMania 38 and 39 with Cody's story. Lovely bit of probably happenstance. A little bit, I think, yeah. But it's been it's been so well done. It's I think it's happenstance, but it's in one of them ways where you didn't plan for it, but these two are always going to be in the mix. Yeah. And we're always going to be in the conversation. And while it's a happy accident that it's right now, I've said this to you before, I love it in pro wrestling when old rivals like find a common ground. It's yeah. so like, I don't know, it makes... It, respect. Yeah, respect. It tightens up old rivalries. And it like it does build, like it builds the sort of legacy around these two, separate from Roman and The Rock and builds up Roman Reigns. Like last year, I thought it was all perfect because Cody had basically... Like, got his own little army of baby faces. I can stop the bloodline because I've got Kevin Owens and I've got Sami yeah. Zayn. They're going to deal with the Usos. Problem solved. He's, like, re-solidified his forces, but now he's got the world champion. Yeah. The, um, going from WrestleMania opponents to a potentially, like, a WrestleMania tag main event. Just the visual of that is so nice. Like, all of Cody's WWE return can include Seth Rollins in the law now. Yeah. Like, all of the... Big stuff. And as well, like, three, uh, as much as I loved and loved, earnestly loved that trilogy yeah. between Cody and Seth, particularly the third match, even though I think the second went sorely underrated, personally. Yeah. That was Cody just refusing to get hit with Seth's big moves and finishes and proving that he was a great counter-artist. Yeah. yeah. Like really, really, really great stuff. Good as it was, I, did, I wasn't uh, gagging. 
to watch them wrestle again no. pretty much ever. That's what happens when you do that many matches in such a short space of time. Cody versus Seth 4, whenever it happens, feels big now. They've continued, I hate it, the story between yep. them. Yes, it's really, really strong. I wish my investment for Mania elsewhere was as high as it is, but this tag match... That, I was going to ask you, what's your thoughts on this tag? Like, night great. one main event, looks great. That's great. <laughs> who, uh, who wins? Well... And who loses? That's the thing. Inherent drama, because no one can do the job in that match. Maybe a miscommunication. Cody pins Roman twice or something. A lot of thought about Cody pinning the Rock and Roman on the same weekend. As yeah. A, you know, you've had every everything now, right? So I think the idea is they still want to do Rock versus Roman. They can build their conflict by a miscommunication or falling out mid-match in that yep. tag. So you're building night two and, well, night two of 40 and 41 all at once, really. Um, on night one of 40 XL. So I I think the Rock and Roman, this, I'm calling it, again, I want to hit this cannon. People should say this. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people, lot of people you know, are saying You know what I mean? I, I deserve to be in the vernacular at this point. Tawny Khan, I mean, come on. I mean, that's unbelievable. Where is my respect? The two-man power trip, ellipsis, but good. It's one of my least like, favorite bits of, like, made-up nostalgia. Yeah, they kind of There's two hard guys in the kick ass. Yeah. The two-man power trip was dismal television, a ratings disaster. Oh, Envision would have been good if Triple H was there. No, it would have been worse. Even worse. It would have been even worse than it already was. So I, I, I'm really into the two-man power trip, but good. The good line. What an act it already is, and they've been together for the good line. <laughs> you that? It's better than mine. <laughs> well, can I do the Wilbon bit with you today? You know the thing about the two-man power trip? Uh, watch the formation. Triple H gets like the biggest pop of his career because it's like, here's the babyface turn you've been aching for and he's going to do it against Steve Austin. What? They're going to flip it? He's like, no, I'm too big a heel, actually. I'll turn. Yeah, like, yeah. I'll stay a heel and uh, Steve Austin's my little friend. Yeah, yeah. Like, he was like <laughs> making his magician's assistant. I was like, that's the rattlesnake, Paul. Freak off. You've won, Pat. Sadly. Yeah. <laughs> you have won. Hi. Uh, yeah, no, I, I totally like... I think the Seth Rollins has found himself in a very unique position of having the best political argument to not eat the pin when he looks on paper like the pin eater. Aye. It's kind of amazing how he's like, because he's going to be defending his title the next night. You kinda, Drew could interfere, I guess. Roman could just say your belt's worthless, you're getting beat. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. that's decided, you know, tick, tick, tick. Drama out the ace. Drama out the For both nights. Yeah. <laughs> Two nights. Second night. Uh, back to the Elimination Chamber qualifiers. We've got Liv Morgan and Zoe Stark next. Go on. Oh, that, yeah. This wasn't good, was it? No. Um, it was pretty heatless, but this is obviously a problem. You're a red piss on cat. A problem of the women's division and not the problem of the wrestlers. I always feel like we kind of have to say I that. don't know how seriously I'm meant to take Zoe Stark. No. The exact point I wanted to make, Liv Morgan has... Basically, this was a back-and-forth match, and uh, one finisher begat another. She has a variety of different zigzags, basically, which I never really like to finish it because you're taking a rock bottom on yourself. But she keeps hitting that, and then Zoe Stark will do something, like, dead hard. She's a striker, that's her crack. But, like, and there was, like, a Death Valley driver, there's apron spots, and Liv Morgan has, like, got this gimmick now where she takes a load of punishment. She's, like, a sort of, she's, like, a work rate shotsy, low bar, right? But, like, she'll take a load of punishment, but, like, watch me. And you watch her, and she gets her ass kicked, and then she comes back and she wins, and that's pretty much what happened here. But no one cared. In the time Liv Morgan's been away... 
like Zoe Stark has been trying to carve out this niche as second only to Shayna Baszler. It's like the, the hard case. Yeah, division. yeah. And it's pretty undermined by. Yeah, she's got no credibility as a character. Um, pretty directionless. Um, I have to give it the Jose Mourinho with Liv Morgan brackets general. A lot of people love her. Prefer not to speak. Um, <laughs> prefer not to speak. Uh, if I speak, I'm in big trouble. Because, and the thing is, it's not like. I don't get why she has this ultra strong following. Yeah. I think she's on occasion been really good in the ring. Um for whatever I can't remember a loud Liv Morgan match. Just can it. Probably the cash in. Just a I, easy, I, easy I, win I, stuff. I, yeah. I could cash in. Yeah. I'd wanna I'd wanna see that. Michael Sidgwick <laughs> running down the aisle with a briefcase and a referee. Just I think she's got a lot of the attributes, but my God, I don't think I've ever seen them put together. Yeah. And I quite like Liv Morgan as a wrestler. I think she's got some unique offense. Like I think she's got... I know, I just think there's something to her. So I understand why they persist, and I understand why she's got a following. But I'd be lying if I said there was this great like library of matches, this mm-hmm. overwhelming evidence to say, oh, she should be pushed higher than she is. No, I, I agree. There is a nice detail coming off the back of this that you might appreciate. Big trouble. Uh, <laughs> With Liv Morgan qualifying, and they've flashed up the graphic later on the SmackDown side of things for qualifying, you would assume Naomi and Tiffany Stratton both go through, leaving one Who? space. Tiffany Stratton. Leaving one space for Jade Cargill, based on a, a blurred graphic that WWE seemed to upload, spoiling the six. Uh, outside of Bailey, those are the final six in the Royal Rumble. That's quite nice, isn't it? Not bit, bad. That's not, not bad. Not, bad, little not bit bad at all. A little bit of peppering in there. Um, speaking of peppering in the good stuff, it's our truth time, Sid. Oh, God. Uh, not, not a great week. Not a great week. Never is. Awesome, never tru- awesome truth WrestleMania campaign. is. Uh, completely botched this campaign. Disagree. But uh, our truth um, is asking... It's like DeSantis-level botch job from you, this. Asking JD McDonough to have a reality check. He's just not in the judgment day, Sid. You see, because the uh, priest gets in the middle of it. He's sick of it all. He says, look, it was never an initiation... You're not in the judgment day, and if you should just be chinning him on sight here. Well, he said, if you keep going the way you're going, it's going to be an execution. We're away. If there's no ambiguity at this point with Priest. It's just like we're going to kick your ass. Uh, and in the interim between that and the match with JD McDonough, um, our truth is trying to get hold of the Miz and seeing if you make it to Lexington from LA in time. I don't, I don't think you can, sit, just see, because there, that's too far. So the Miz, that's what they've done is established that the Miz isn't going to be there to save him tonight if things go wrong. And would you believe it? Things go wrong because JD McDonough gets the win over R Truth. There's nothing to this because the ad break just kills pretty much the whole match. So we does see. JD McDonough. Yeah. We see R Truth going for his John Cena stuff, but he misses an axe kick into that uh, sight of suplex finisher. It's got some wacky. Oh, uh, the devil insane. The devil insane. Uh, but that, he beats R Truth fairly handily. Um, the Judgment Day. Was there an interference leading to the finish? Uh, let me just check my notes. Um, kind of? Yeah, uh, I the, maybe the, Finn Balor was arsing around a bit of ringside, but I think like Priest was like he got up on the apron. I think that was meant to momentarily distract our truth, but it didn't really feel like they had one foot. No, like it was only one foot in. Yeah, because uh, well, I've got it in my notes, but I remember it now. It played. So it meant to be like internal conflict, melodramatic acting, except it just did not land. It didn't. Yeah, it didn't sort of scan at all. Because basically, hesitation. Do I? Do I? Do I hurt my friend? <laughs> Who I've said I'm going to execute the price. Yeah, no, nah, nah. like. He misses the axe kick, and then Jamie McDonough just kind of runs at him with the David inside. So there's not even really any time to process that. The four of them get in. Um, Damien Priest, that was when he was stood in the apron, being like, 
come on guys, finish him off, otherwise I'm going to have to do this. And you know, it's, it's a bit cruel what I'm doing. But he does anyway, kick his ass. And uh, DIY, make the save. Obviously, of course, as friends of the Miz, like friend of Miz, a friend of ours. And uh, you probably as hyped as I am for the eight man, right? Not at all. Not remotely. This match was very poor. You could, uh, you could pretty much hear a rare piss on Khan. Um, I didn't... did see almost none of it. The advert seemed cynically designed to cut out as much of this match as yeah. possible. Look, we've had, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for here about our debates about our truth? Fun. Ultimately, right, if you strip away everything, your you know, subjective entertainment value from the children's TV character that is our truth. Yeah. Okay. You're 39 years old. 38, pal. Are you 39? Yeah. April. April. Several months before you. I'll always be older. Yeah. Well, is that easy for you? I don't know. Hamlet will always be older. Always. Always. <laughs> um, the, the association between our truth and the Judgment Day, and yes, Punk being there, another way you. <laughs> We've got a new guy in the world title picture, and his name's Phil Brooks. Yeah. Other than that, which didn't help the exercise in comparison and contrast, right? All this R-Truth business has served to do is to make Damien Priest feel like not a big deal. I don't disagree with that, yeah. Like, not a major concern. The idea of him cashing in as this star power upon star power has sort of encroached on WrestleMania season hasn't helped mm. but my god it's like a dual sword with our truth yeah uh, ultimately he's not as big of a threat or a star or anything and if this is meant to drive this long-held idea of Damien Priest I think I'm gonna cheer you as a baby face when you break up from those louts in the judgment day because that was a threat they've been yeah. tugging on for yeah. months even Along those lines, I don't think it's worked. Because I just think Damien, I like him less. I don't disagree with that. The briefcase is looking in the wrong hands right now because it shouldn't be part of this story. The I like Awesome Truth and Judgment Day for a belt, mainly because I'm, like, I'm old enough to know that you need range on these cards. And that's a capital M moment. Good range. Capital M so. moment, but it'll get a big response in the building, I think, if a character like R-Truth... People have that thing, don't they, about like wrestlers deserving titles through longevity. It's I like think the, it's doomed for another showcase, these tag titles. Possibly. Well, Not but, another showcase, because obviously the tag titles headlined last year, but I think it's absolutely got like four-way, four-way ladder or something written out of our... Maybe, maybe. But yeah, that, I like the idea of that little thing where like, R-Truth can barely believe it, he's you know, won the belts and all that, but... Damien Priest stuff, I think, has been fumbled most of all because when we were watching him theoretically evolve into this next babyface star, that was when the R Truth character made the most sense because you were saying it was they were copying their own homework with the bloodline, but you had the one stable member that thought it's all right actually, and that was Priest. And that was great because you're building this sympathetic profile of Priest in having them just directly turn on Truth. He's been at the front of it, so I'm not really sure what I'm supposed to think of Damien Priest anymore. Aren't they like, aren't him and Finn tighter than ever? I don't know. You know, it's like... They're united against a common enemy now. But the common enemy just wants to be their friend. It's it's absolutely crap, and I've said so from the start. Vindication. I I, I love it. Where's my vindication? I I love it. And uh, much like the main event scene of WrestleMania, they'll fix it with like some... I thought you were going to segue to the main event, but we're a long way away. We're not as far away as you think, actually. Good. Uh, This raw zipped along. Got Becky Lynch. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> we got uh, you, absolute asshole. Becky Lynch out next. Before she gets started, she uh, she points uh, a bit of Cody. This she pointed at a sign that a kid was holding up in the crowd, 
uh, saying it's great to be in Lexington, and I guess it's great to be going to a prom that I'm going to be going to in 2034. And then they cut to some a fan that had a sign up, which is quite sweet. Um, she says it's the road to WrestleMania, um, and she wants all of this, even when it's really difficult. Because Sidge, when it comes to wrestling, she absolutely loves. Yes, She's always wanted to be in. Since she was 15, she was obsessed with. That's right. Uh, even as somebody who failed PE, uh, she still went on to be the uh, first woman at main event WrestleMania. She met her husband. She's had a daughter. And she's missed birthday. She's missed weddings. She's missed her own father's funeral. It has given, and it's taken away from her, but she loves it. Uh, she sometimes has to have chats with her daughter about why she looks busted open and bloody, why she can't pick her up sometimes when she's got a separated shoulder. I like this. Why her dad wants to fight Maui. That was a great line. That's pretty cool, isn't that it? That was a like great that? line. Uh, and how, after Elimination Chamber, she might look even worse. Um, she then pivots to Ray Ripley, says she knows a lot of people love her and think that no one can beat her, but Lynch isn't just anybody. She can uh, beat She can beat the best, she can still be the best. She wants to toast to Rhea Ripley's last few days as champion, so she grabs a drink from somebody at ringside, looks like Cloudy Lemonade, I sort of wanted one. Um, but she gets interrupted in the toast by... Uh, we haven't even talked about, on camera at least, about the uh, Taco Bell Baja Blast Mountain Dew cake. Why would we? They put it in a pie. They put pop in a pie. I love your country, Americans. I could not live there. I would die there. Uh, Nia Jax comes out, and uh, she's very tearful, Sidge. I don't think you knew where this was coming. Mm. Swerve, bro. She's very tearful. She said how she wishes her mother was half the mother that Becky Lynch is. She wishes that she could have half the emotions that Becky Lynch is able to bravely share on television. Uh, And she talks about how she thinks Lynch is going to win at Elimination Chamber. Just like I'm going to win. The tears were fake. (laughs) (laughs) Just like I'm going to win, Becky. And obviously the implication, because we don't get a chance to talk anymore about this, is if she wins the title... Becky Lynch is screwed again because Nia's got a number. They've telegraphed this one, which is unfortunate. Isn't it? Because they've done the work. They did a really good job yeah. of the Nia versus Rhea stuff. Mm-hmm. But they've telegraphed the outcome now. They put, like, they put Becky on the stage at Vegas instead of Bailey. So it's like, well, what matters at WrestleMania? And uh, that was uh, short-sighted. Yeah. Uh, Rhea interrupts. Um, and just, just like me. <laughs> God, he's... Got, got you. God is. Rhea interrupts for what I thought was a pretty great brawl. There's no talking. There's no waiting around. There's no uh, NXT Rhea Ripley where she does the pose with a stomp on the foot face. She's straight at the ring. Nia dives for her. Rhea sort of like dives in the ring and dodges Nia Jax at the same time. They have a brawl, but the brawl sort of like squashes Becky Lynch in the corner as Nia's throwing fists. She appears to hit Rhea. Just miss Becky Lynch. Um, It sort of all breaks down. You nearly have physical interaction between Lynch and Rhea Ripley as Nia powders. Uh, and you, as you say, you're setting up Elimination Chamber and WrestleMania. I'm with you. I really liked how they put everything in place. She just waited. Just be a bit more patient with Becky and Be Rhea. a bit more patient. <laughs> Have a little patient. <laughs> but Rock, take that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sounds awful. It would be terrible, wouldn't it? Really, Shane. Uh, <laughs> Drew McIntyre uh, is on about how he's the only one that's unselfish around here. I'm trying to think of what But Rock, take that song's now. I'm distracted. Uh, once you're back for good, and it only takes a minute, girl. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like the kind of thing the dead man would like. Pop music, get that off. It only takes a minute, girl. It only takes me four hours <laughs> to get my hand away. Be up all night with old Tiki. <laughs> it only takes four hours, girl. 
Can Nicholas didn't just go back and swears because the other dead man's a bit fast and loose with his fucking language. It'll take all night, girl, because I'm a big man. I'm a dead man, but I'm a big man too. Can we talk about the dead man for a second? You must have seen the comments yesterday. I went back in the locker room and it's very chill. Whatever, too chill. He's suspicious of people being relaxed. I didn't see nobody shouting to nobody. What the hell happened back there, Paul? Seven years business. I thought you were a goddamn degenerate. <laughs> I love that. Sorry. <laughs> suspicious, like. <laughs> just like fighting nobody in the locker room. The rest is what? Like, oh, take us out. Like, so, like a vagrant that's crawling along. Yeah, yeah. Is he, sh- is he shadow boxing? Is that what he's saying? Love the idea of I need to be cut through. You need to be kicking each other's assholes, asses, ass. <laughs> They're all stars. Well, yeah, lot, well, there's a lot of stars now. It's nice to each other. I didn't see Dominant Mysterio throwing no soup bones. <laughs> what the hell happened to this business? Who's in the shower? <laughs> Your father would be so disappointed <laughs> in you. I've been here on TV. He's a deadbeat. Seems all right to me. <laughs> And when Rey Mysterio, like, shoot broke Undertaker's nose, like, the 619 yeah, yeah, worked. Yeah. Like, that's why he thinks it's all real. Hey, that uh, spin and sit out, flip out, kick you do kind of hurts, <laughs> right? I like it. Uh, some beer. He, <laughs> get the boys are creative. He liked Drew McIntyre. Drew's kind of sick of everyone uh, being so selfish when he's not. Uh, Cody Rhodes. Um, Ain't no Captain come quick. <laughs> it won't take a minute. I just need to clarify. It won't take a minute, girl. It'll take a long time. You will not rest in peace. You will be exhausted from a night of passion with a damn man. <laughs> hey, Kane, get over here. We need to relight her fire. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I dream. Dream's going to take Cody out of WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah, a lot I. like CM Punk. Um, <laughs> what else we got? Not much. Uh, oh, speaking of which, uh, R-Truth, this will get the locker room back up and about again. R-Truth thanks DIY for the help. Thanks a lot, DX. Seeing R-Truth's back, right? Like calling DIY. Yeah, not DX. Uh, DIY, he's got yeah, letters wrong. I know, I hate you. Which one's which? Because Jumper's a bit of both, isn't he? He's like, he's Triple H in a lot of ways, but like Michael's is kind of a raggedy old garbage man as well, isn't he? Neither <laughs> of them are Gargano. Gargano's got the Sean... Oh, it's weird like that degrees of separation with NXT law. Adam Cole used to be the Shawn Michaels doppelganger, yeah. and now Tommaso Ciampa is the Shawn Michaels <laughs> doppelganger. How's that happen? How did it happen? Karma. Uh, it's Elliot Knight and Ivar next in another uh, Elimination Chamber qualifying match. It's Elliot Knight, so you kind of have to go back to basics. He's smaller than Ivar, so he has to duck and dodge and then attack when he can, but he's only really got your base. Slammed. Yeah, basically. Splattered with that uh, barricade deal. Yeah, the big deal. He does a barricade on the floor. The deal. Takes us to the break with Valhalla screaming. It all feels a bit weird, and Elliot Knight's in trouble. But the fans are really with him. They're sort of willing back into life. Ivar gets the um, uh, Jeff Cobb tour of the islands moving. Elliot Knight looks finished, but he comes back. Uh, there's a couple of near falls, and he eventually he gets the BFT on Ivar to get the one, two, three, and go to Elimination Chamber. Fairly predictable, this yeah, one. It was okay. It was, yeah. it's, oh, like, totally mediocre, other than a few spots, but loud. They'll never... It's got a vertical leap on him. I'll tell you what, I was kind of terrified with that suplex. I always feel like it took a... It didn't feel like um, Ivar had quite enough time to rotate. Yeah. That's the most excitement I've ever felt, and it's like... LA Knight 
gets me most excited when it looks like it's going to go awry. And I know that's wrong. No. But I, it's an actual palpitation. Not could, like exciting as in good as in uh, It's weird, right? Because you have to give LA Knight basic stuff. It's moonsault. I'm, like, I'm not shooting an LA Knight. I don't, like, if you get over and you find one where you like LA Knight. Yeah, like, I don't mind the layout of his matches as long as they make sense, ultimately. And I don't need, like, the more, if he adds a bunch of moves to try and be more spectacular, that character falls away a little bit for me. But the rule-proven exception is that, like, vertical leap onto the top rope. And his matches do need that because you can watch headlocks and comebacks and stomping mud holes and it's just stopping short of people's elbow, basically. But, yeah. like, you can watch all that and then the vertical leap spot is supposed to be a bit of a surprise. If you do that vertical leap and it doesn't go absolutely perfectly, you're an idiot. Yeah. Just stick to your ground-based stuff and that works. So it's like, it's that, it's proper high-risk, high-reward as going to the top rope used to be. Yeah. Now everybody goes up, but LA Knight kind of has to put it all on the line, so I do quite like it. And yeah, um, he's going to Elimination Chamber. Logan Paul has got his own qualifier, and it seems like that's probably where you kick off their WrestleMania thing in the chamber. Yeah. Well, um, we'll talk about that more on the SmackDown preview this week. You excited? <sighs> so uh, Sami Zayn uh, runs into Drew McIntyre backstage. Um, he wants Sami Zayn to keep uh, Drew's name out of his mouth and keep his nose out of his business. Uh, Sami Zayn simply says, Drew, you're in my way. I mean, it's a pretty massive corridor. He's not really. Yeah. He's like, uh, get out of the way, please. And Drew, just step aside. It's all fine. It's all good. Uh, we get the highlights of what it's basically an Excalibur rundown at this point there's this there's this there's this for Christ's sake don't miss the rock and so on and then there's a graphic that comes up that says we're going to have a last chance battle royal for be a good uh, graphic that wouldn't it like, that? Eddie Kingston addresses his enemies Tony Khan has a big announcement for Christ's sake don't miss the rock <laughs> oh collision yeah <laughs> <laughs> they put the rock on rampant I taped uh, aye there's going to be one get his win streak up on dark <laughs> going to have the losers match going to be a battle royal which i just assumed oh well that's everyone that lost the qualifiers but then we go backstage to postman pierce he's with, like indy hartwell and kind of uh Lurie are always just cast as just total losers they just sort of hang out with uh postman pierce until other people arrive in his office and then he needs a bloody drink from all the yapping women and it happened again here they want to get in the last chance losers battle royal even though they haven't been in the qualifiers to become Losers. Yeah. Think about that. I know. Um, I don't want to. So. Chelsea Green is there doing the Chelsea Green stuff. She wants in. Uh, she's saying, oh, what, like, why should I be bothered about uh, Candice and Indy and other losers like Shayna Baszler and Zoe Stark? But Nathan Fraser, they're behind me, aren't they? And they were. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They were behind her. Shayna and Zoe want to get in that match as well, but they also want a shot at the Kabuki Warriors for the tag belts. They leave. Chelsea Green, uh, bollocks, Postman Pierce for not letting her know. They're behind me, aren't they? Uh, and then, yeah, Adam Pearce needs a drink. This division is not, not very good, is it? Not very good. There's a star. That's, that's my uh, insightful colour commentary. It sucks. Stars and nothing, I would say, is this division at the moment. The top the top bracket, pretty massive. And then nothing. And nothing. Yeah. Uh, main event time. Ooh. Shinsuke Nakamura and Sami Zayn with a takeover Dallas-esque match. I think you'll agree. In that it's featuring Shinsuke Nakamura. And yes, 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 yes. Uh, and no other comparisons. This was fine. Um, Nakamura dominates the match on offense. Uh, it's always it's kicks and chin locks, kicks and chin locks. Sami Zayn fires out. He gets an amazing reaction from the live crowd. Oh, God, I know. But, like now, it's, it's fans love Sami Zayn. Of course they do. Sami Zayn's yeah. amazing. He, he worked, did. He cared enough for the both of them. I think in this one, he works it and works it and works it. There's the sort of some of the old 
Sammy and Nakamura chemistry, or the old Sammy's in NXT, let's just say that, where like the things he's attempting, he's like, he's kind of like sizing up the uh, the ring through the post DDT that yeah, he would yeah. do, and he's like, I'm going to have to dust off all the old stuff. It kind of feeds back the promo he was cutting earlier on about having to believe in himself despite all the things in his way. Um, ultimately, we get to the point where Sami Zayn hits the blue thunderbomb for the two. Uh, Nakamura rolls out to the floor. That's when Sami goes for that like diving DDT, but he gets smashed in the face by Nakamura again. It's kicks and counts. Save that for Mania if you can still do it. Yeah, like like if you're going to one of the best moves it. ever. That class, isn't it? Uh, it's kicks and counters, kicks and counters. Uh, Zayn fires back with a massive clothesline, does the exploder into the corner, goes for the Haluva kick. What if someone did a destroyer with that setup? Oh my god, that's got to be possible. I can already visualize. It was Ray Phoenix that popped in my head when he said yeah, that. Yeah, prime Ray Phoenix. Sliding through the gap. Yeah. Hey, that's dynamite this week. Someone should do that. Treat yourself. And I should get the credit. Um, could be in there. That could be how one of the CMLL lads gets their first victory over the BCC. <laughs> Imagine that, like, Canadian They'll on never the floor. Canadian on the floor, roll in. Right. Roll in, Mox gets up at one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, goes to the Exploder. Drew McIntyre appears on the ramp. Uh, that's enough for Nakamura to like the chop block, but with a kick instead, and then smash him with a Kinshasa. Gets the win. Um, Zayn's been beaten again. Drew gets in the ring, and there's a beatdown on with the two of them. Cody Rhodes makes the save. That sets up Cody versus Drew next week on what will be the Elimination Chamber Go Home Show, and Sami Zayn loses again as we go off the air. I I don't know where it's going, but I know it's going somewhere, and I think that is exciting. More exciting than the match, which again, outside of Sami. At times, caring enough for the both of them. Yeah. But it's still, you, you don't want to further remind fans mid-quasi-push that Shinsuke Nakamura is not what he was. The jobber to the stars role has always existed, but I don't think Nakamura is very good at it because you're supposed to receive these kicks as the deadliest in all of wrestling. Aye. Like it should be somebody with, like once LA Knight hits the apex and starts the downward slide, he's sort of a perfect yeah. for that role. Not Nakamura. Oh, my God, he's kicked his face off. Yeah, but he sucks. Yeah, he does. Like, what am I supposed to think? Yeah. And what are you supposed to think, eh? Let us know in the comments below. And if you want to have more chats with us on X, you can do so. You can find Michael Sidgwick at M. Sidgwick. You can find me at Michael Hamlet. You can follow our brilliant producer, Adam Nicholas, at It's Adam Nicholas. You can follow all of us at What Culture WWE. We'll be back on audio later on with the NXT preview. It's a big night for Stacks. That's why he can't be here today. That's the only reason he can't be here today. Yes. Until next time, we will see you soon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.